Hello everyone and welcome to the IID podcast. On today's podcast, we have an interesting speaker with over 30 years of work experience. Having said that, uh, he has witnessed traditional marketing, the main the ATL and the BTL, post which digital evolution happened and for last 17 years he has been working for digital marketing. And data and automation is something which is close to his heart and he uh, like you know he loves working on it. Well, he's also worked with companies like Publicis Group, Carvale.com, Hindustan Times, Sifi.com, Redifmail.com, and others. So let's welcome Santosh Ghosh, managing partner, Publicis Media, on today's podcast. Hi, Santosh. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much, uh, Akash, for such a nice introduction. Much appreciated gesture. Thank you. So, uh, before we uh, begin today's session, uh, I have a couple of questions for you, and uh, basically, I want, uh, like, you know, you to uh, tell us your journey in the industry because three decades of marketing uh, with a very brief change, uh, uh, like, you know, of traditional to digital. So, uh, and also uh, companies that you work, they are superb, right? So, uh, the brand, I'm sure the brands that you would have worked have been also uh, great at the same time. so if you could share your experience uh, it will be uh, amazing yeah true you know good but you asked me that question and you know it's, it's 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 pretty long because the people i interact with either are absolutely digital native guys or they are absolutely digital dinosaur guys so i was thought that <laughs> that person who has migrated from a dinosaur stage and didn't become extinct and got into digital at a quite an early stage you know so uh, yeah it was uh, i was completely an offline person you know so in fact just to give you a brief profile i started my career year uh, in a very small town called jabalpur in mp as a medical representative so uh, yeah so that point of time it was that was the only job uh, sort of available and um, and it's all about peer pressures peer group where they are going and since i was a botany zoology and chemistry student so uh, medical representative is something which which attracted me and that was the only availability at that point of time so i started that good, did did that for good 6 or years or so and after that i moved from jabalpur so i got promoted from jabalpur to bhopal bhopal to indore indore to Uh, and then i thought that you know the career is becoming quite stagnant and um, i should look for something else and trust me akash and everybody who is listening and it's extremely important for all of you to understand this that people who have come from a smaller town so people who live in bigger towns like mumbai delhi chennai kolkata bangalore and kind of stuff they have they always will have an edge over the people who are living in a small town you know opportunities are lesser and those days there was no internet and your only source of information in fact in fact i keep telling my child that uh, the only source initially when we were growing up the only source of information for us are our our mom and dad and if mom and dad is saying wrong so we learned things wrong you know so there was no cross checking so like today i say something to my son and he instantly googles it and he tells me that you know dad you are saying something wrong you know so <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's a transition uh, yeah so i came to delhi and to, uh, looking out for a job and i took a 15 days ka chutti from my uh, pharma uh, company and um, uh, fortunately in the, those 15 20 days or so i 
applied in multiple places and got into a company called Jasubai Media, uh, which and that also because they had a publication uh, which was targeted to hospital and healthcare professional. And since I have done that uh, job before, they thought that you know I would be suitable, and I was inducted for as an advertising salesperson over there. So from there the journey started, and um, it was very very early, extremely early stage of uh, internet. I'm talking about 98, uh, 98, 99, um, when the there was one internet connection in the office and uh, uh, only during lunchtime uh, in rounds people used to get an opportunity to access their internet so those days i applied through internet and to, uh, to a job in mumbai for college times and um, and then i traveled to mumbai and you know appeared for the meetings and they were gracious enough to take me in college times so journey started the media journey basically started from there so i was uh, part of college times advertising sales team in uh, based out of mumbai and doing selling ads in Kalish Times, which is a Dubai newspaper. Then from Kalish Times, I went to Percept. And then from Percept, uh, it was a very, very early stage of internet. I'm talking about very early 2000 when I got into Redip.com. Uh, let me share uh, this with everybody that uh, those days there was a 10,000 uh, rupees of uh, business which used to come. There used to be a cake cutting ceremony in the office. You know. wow. Today in uh, in publicity, I manage uh, digital media worth around three thousand five hundred crores. You know, so uh, that's a difference. You know, um, uh, then from college times to uh, you know, in fact, you know, one more very interesting thing we used to go to the clients and say that you know, are you on internet? And the client used to show their land connection and say that you know, yes, we are on internet. You know, so it was those days. So from college times, then I went to Sifi. I was heading the Sifi Samachar globally, and then Sifi Max, and then from Sifi I moved to, to uh, Hindustan Times. I was heading the pan india of hindustantimes.com and then from there i joined a startup called carvalley.com the founders just raised a three crore rupees funding and they hired me and uh, you know between me and my team we took uh, the revenue from absolute zero to around nine and a half crore rupees in nine months or so and because of that the company got valued at 36 million dollar and we got to be raised around 16 and a half million dollars that point of time so i was a part of that whole journey of uh, fundraising and stuff and then I got into entrepreneurship, you know, I bootstrapped a company, I took it to a logical conclusion, it is the company still exists, I still have shareholdings in that and, you know, um, then I moved to uh, publicity, in fact, publicity wanted to, they were discussing with me for quite some time and then in, uh, in uh, 2014 I joined publicity. And I was given the responsibility of uh, setting up the trading and media buying with backed by data technology and innovation publicity. And since then till now, I was I'm a part of uh, publicity. Maybe very soon I will I'll be moving out and I'll be doing something something which is on an individual basis. So that's that's how the journey uh, spanned out over the period of last 17, 18 years, especially into the digital uh, business. Yeah. Wow, wow. So um, while you've worked uh, with multiple, uh, like, you know, uh, industries, the sectors, and while you've worked with, uh, I'm sure you would have worked with different set of managers or different set of junior exec and the senior exec uh, in the organization. Um, 
any key takeaways that you would want to give like you know give away to these young learners because i'm sure everyone is now like after the course they're looking forward to start working in agencies or the brands or the company side right so any key takeaways that you would want to give them because i'm sure you interact with all uh, all the juniors and seniors put together when it's team right so yeah any any takeaways that you would want to give? Uh, extremely uh, important point which i keep telling everybody my colleagues my younger colleagues uh, uh, kids you know whosoever i interact with i believe that you know you have to keep learning you have to keep changing you know and my mom used to say that you know learning doesn't have any end um, till the time you are in deathbed you are learning you know and this doesn't have any limit that you know i have evolved in life and i have learned everything every day is is a new learning yeah. especially with the digital we are seeing it you know just imagine that you know people would have talked about uh, um, car sharing company 10 years back and people would have laughed you know today that's a part of our life you know uh, yeah i keep telling people that uh, you know before zomato came in we still used to order food right we used to call uh, you know the restaurant and food used to be delivered but what zomato did is that you know they aggregated everything they made it seamless and uh, they uh, they uh, made the process so simple for the people uh, and backed by digital. So my point is, is that, you know, and digital is changing, if not by the hour, it's changing by the day, at least, you know, every day there's something new is happening. So anybody who is coming into starting their career and stuff, you have to keep learning. And most importantly, you know, when I grew up, the only source of information, as I said, that, you know, is mom, dad, and then, you know, the, the uh, specific um, media channels which is available or if you want to learn anything more you got to go to the library and surf through multiple books you know and stuff today the uh, learning has become so simple that everything is available on internet and most importantly nowadays last last three four years i'm seeing that you know everything is available in videos in youtube as far as learning is concerned right you know yeah so yeah so you have to keep learning and every day you have to keep learning you know i uh, you know, uh, for as simple as that how to set up a laptop or how to set up uh, the things you know we go and search google and fix it you know so you got to keep learning every day that's the only keep uh, takeaway i, I have uh, i will i will i would like to share to everybody who's starting the career so to, uh, guys, today I'm going to talk about data. You know, uh, digital is a very vast subject as we, as Akash and me discussed. It's changing every day. Every day, a new element is getting added. Uh, data has, at least in last six, seven years, data has become uh, a very, very important part as far as any marketing activities is concerned. It was always a very important part, but as an, um, as, as, as we are going along and as more and more people are connected uh, to a digital medium and spe specifically because of mobile, data is becoming a very, very key element uh, to drive the digital marketing function. So today we are going to be extremely focused and we are going to talk about only data part of it. But while doing so, I will take you through the journey of media, how it has evolved briefly, and then we will talk more about data. So as I said that, you know, today specifically, these are the points which I will be discussing, you know, uh, in such a short time, whatever is possible, I'll try to cover as much as possible. We'll talk about what is media all about which most of you may know but we'll just draw the parallels from what is media and what uh, then how we will go to data-driven marketing what are the business models of media what is the history of mass media um, how the media business what is the media business size in this country 
what what are the rating agencies specific there are multiple rating agencies for mainline media what are the rating agencies which exist today uh, how the evolution of digital media has happened the changes in digital media over a period of time we will talk about how data driven marketing has uh, came into existence what are the elements of data driven marketing how the campaign in an, is executed through a data driven marketing what are the types of data very important there are multiple types of data you will be hearing multiple jargons that you know this data first party data second party data what exactly it means that is what we are going to talk about uh, what is the growth of programmatic advertising you know we'll talk about and we will also talk what is the usage of devices how the devices are important and how devices will be used as far as doing the targeted data driven uh, targeted ads is concerned what are the roles and functions many of you would be interested to get into data driven marketing on will be focusing into data driven marketing what are the roles and functions which exist into the data driven marketing uh, what is the status of talent today very very important point and we will talk about what is the impact of data regulation we keep hearing about gdpr and data protection and privacy laws and stuff is concerned we will talk about what is the impact of that in whole data driven marketing is concerned and then we'll talk about how what is the expansion of programmatic advertising in future the simple definition of mass media is that you know it's the main means of uh, mass communication through either through broadcasting publishing and internet the big question which we are asking about is it really mass communication what we are talking about in data driven marketing or it's something else which we are talking about so the whole concept or the whole definition of mass media communication actually changes so let's talk about what are the three elements of uh, the business model of uh, media per se and i'm talking about overall media uh, it's it's basically media production is one uh, wherein the media producers uh, produce uh, news movies uh, sports shows documentaries short films and extra uh, then there are consumers who consumes that content um, uh, in in different mediums, uh, whether television, newspaper, radio, internet, and XYZ. No, so the relationship basically lies with, between the media producers and the consumers, and advertisers basically see that opportunity over here because advertisers are only interested about the consumers. Wherever there are consumers, they want to reach out to those consumers through their advertising message. So how a media company which produces the content makes money for their business, you know, one of the ways of making money is uh, when the consumers are watching or consuming their content, advertisers load that content within between um, their advertising message and through those advertising messages, they earn money. So this is the whole relation. The relationship basically lies between the media producer, uh, which is producing the content and the consumer, which is consuming the content and advertisers are basically implant, implanting the advertising message in between that. A quick timeline and history of mass media in India, predominantly uh, little irrelevant, but you know, I thought that, you know, let's touch upon the history a little bit. 1780, the first Bengal gadget, uh, which was launched, and then 1927, the radio broadcasting started. Press Trust of India started in 1947. Mm, uh, 
214 dailies were registered by 20, uh, 1950. Then 1959, Doordarshan started at, as a very, very nascent stage. Uh, typically, uh, most of our people of our generation, my generation, we have experienced the uh, television in somewhere in 1982 or post that 1984 to be more precise when the Asian Games, uh, India conducted Asian Games. Then 1975, you know, in, um, uh, Indra Gandhi, the Prime Minister declares a state emergency happened. There's, there's, these are the several things that happened, you know, uh, during in the past. Especially in 1992, when uh, 1991, when India started opening up, private tel television started getting in, and then we get to see different kind of content. Effective 1992, then we saw the introduction of Z, Star, Sony, and XYZ, which is today today there. Then um, uh, by then India allowed uh, foreign direct investment by 2002 and 2002 we had multiple kind of uh, international brands which is available. Most of you guys, I believe so, uh, di didn't know that uh, you know in uh, when I was growing up, uh, we used to uh, apply to buy a scooter and you know those uh, uh, Bajaj scooter and the number used to take the allo allocation used to take good four years or five years or so you know uh, to get to buy a scooter so that was the time of uh, you know um, uh, a very very controlled sales the government used to control uh, the things yeah so media business in india this is as latest as the 2021 report you know which gets which gets published so basically 2021 reports covers the 2020 business which media business media has done in india if you see television still stands at the at number one um, with uh, around 68,500 crore rupees. Um, there is a minus 13% growth in television itself. It was a pandemic year. But most importantly, I want to highlight that you know, even if it was a pandemic year, out of 138,300 crore rupees which are spent in media, the digital is the only medium which has grown. Uh, other than that, nobody has grown. Digital and gaming, digital marketing and gaming is the only media which has grown. And other than that, nobody has grown. And uh, EY estimates that uh, digital media is going to grow at the rate of 22% year on year till 2023. So all of you guys must know that you know in next five years, the uh, biggest media which we see television will not be there and digital will be in a very, very firm place as far as boasting its number one position which didn't exist, just imagine that, you know, 20 years back, this media didn't exist at all. And in 20 years, what this media has done is that it has, it has removed all number ones and number twos, and it is almost there to cement its position as number one media in next three to five years. Uh, very key, key and very important rating agencies, which rates the mainline media. Uh, Indian Readership Survey is a survey which is done for newspapers and magazines. Um, 2017, uh, if, if I'm not wrong, I believe that their last report came in 2017 and after that there was some controversy among the leading newspapers and it didn't come out after that. But they covered 330,000 households, urban 214,000 and rural 116,000 households and the report is an annual report. This BAC, which is Broadcast Audience Research Council, it's a body, it's a, it's a, it's a rating system which is governed by a body of broadcasters. So all broadcasters today, Star, Z, Sony, uh, uh, Times Television, everybody is a member of that broadcast council. And they have this measurement system, which is called television rating, which they come out with this rating points called television rating points, just TRP. 
as as on date bath has installed 44000 meters what does this mean they they have uh, put a digital meter in 44000 uh, households in this country uh, so typically and it provides ratings so typically you got to understand that 44000 households in this country decides how we are watching the television so if uh, some show becomes number 1 these 44,000 people, uh, among these 44,000 households, that show is number one, hence that show is number one. So it's believed that these 44,000 people basically decides the fate of 1.38 billion people, how they're watching television. Um, this is how this works. Uh, it's, it, its report comes on a weekly basis. And then there's RAM, which is Radio Audience Measurement. Uh, uh, it covers, uh, it's very, very small penetration. I believe it covers four uh, cities, including Mumbai, Delhi, Bangalore, Kolkata, and it covers around 2,000 in odd individuals. And the report is on a quarterly basis. Very, very important point. The data the, which these guys, all of these guys, or most of these guys produce is um, uh, city, age, gender, SEC, et cetera, et cetera. You know, maybe a little more, but you know, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the data. But very, very important point, which you, I want to highlight is that in IRS, it's around 330,000 households out of 1.38 billion people in this country. Um, in television, it's 44,000 households out of 138,000 people in this country. And you know, in radio, it's only 2,000 people who decides how we are consuming this media. And advertisers are dependent on this data to carve out their marketing strategies. So, but having said that, Marketers wants more. Marketers, it's it's not only city, age, gender, SEC, XYZ. Marketers wants to know the behavior, how the consumer is behaving in re, almost in real-time basis. And based on that, marketers wants to carve out their or uh, release their marketing strategy, carve out their marketing strategy and reach out to this audience. So the big difference among data-driven marketing or digital marketing is this: that you know, here you have very, very limited data. Whereas digital advertising or digital mediums, uh, you will get the opportunity of getting the data which is which is in abundance. Uh, quickly, I will go through this. This will look, uh, 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 there is a lot of stuff writ written over here just to uh, bring it to the point that, you know, the term digital marketing was basically discussed somewhere in 1990s. In India, we have seen it's, it was a very, very early stage of 1997, 98, 2000 types. You know, we have seen uh, digital uh, media companies started emerging in India, which is Rediff, Sifi, India Times, Yahoo, and Entered into India, you know, somewhere in 2000s, uh, 2007, 2008, it was a very early discussion of apps. And, you know, somewhere in 2010, the apps got into relevance. And we all know that, you know, after 2010, uh, 10, after the introduction of apps, uh, the things completely changed. Let me tell you guys that before pre-2010, there were multiple OS which used to operate. So Nokia, which was a number leader in mobile devices, had their own uh, OS. Uh, Akash, there's a black patch which is appearing, sorry. Yeah, uh, Nokia had their own uh, OS. Uh, Samsung had their own OS. BlackBerry was there at that point of time. Time, very very good smartphone very very uh, uh, very uh, uh, you know liked by senior executives had their own OS uh, so there was the OS was extremely divided 
you know and even if people wanted to do something in that they had to create multiple uh, apps and stuff for different oss it's only post 2010 or so that this whole disintegration or, or division of os got consolidated between two specific oss you know one is android and one is ios as we know today you know so and that basically helped the app economy to grow because now the app developers precisely know that they have to make two types of app one which will run on android and another one which will run on os having said that you know yes there are a couple of samsung and stuff devices which is which typically runs on the smart tvs and stuff you know but the number is not very big predominantly people have to target android and ios and in a country like india which is uh, close to i i believe is 90% plus which is uh, an android market so even if the app uh, guys wants to develop something they basically concentrate on android first and then go into os ios how the digital marketing has changed so uh, in 1990s there was internet media was introduced advertising options were uh, web banners targeting was very content based what is the content written on a page uh, like that the targeting used to happen that you know if it's a sports content the advertiser used to target that page if it is a uh, movie content the some other advertiser will target that page uh, like that it used to ha happen and every website had their own user data so uh, it was not a shared user data uh, so a readip.com will have their own user data which is their subscribe data and uh, the only behavior they could gather is uh, the consumption within the readip.com within their own site so what content they are watching or uh, where they are going what they are clicking how much time they are spending on the website in which content how much time they are spending that was the only data so a readip data dot readip data uh, readip.com data will re remain within readip.com uh, and advertiser can create their marketing strategy only on the back of readip.com so they will have a probably a different marketing strategy for readip.com and yahoo will be a different marketing strategy or some sports site uh, say espn click and for something like that they will have a different uh, marketing strategy that used to happen in 90s in 2000s there search which was introduced advertisers started optimizing the website through seo you know it's very uh, i remember those days you know when google started uh, so google started taking the content of the site and displaying it into their search engine you know many of the people uh, thought that you know oh it's my content and google is making money out of my content and very soon it didn't take long that people started really spending money to optimize their sites so that even google can show it that so it it should go up in the search results you know so seo uh, seos people started doing seos then scm was introduced google introduced scm which is search engine marketing which where you know you can buy the keywords and google started making money like that in 2010 there was a rise of social media we all know facebook um, was introduced in 2007 and predominantly by 2010 it got into uh, got got into the limelight um, uh, social media uh, took a, a leap the idea of many to many came into play so before that it was very very concentrated even if even if uh, when we started the internet days in readip.com or yahoo or uh, india times the content was produced by these media companies and then it used to be distributed so it was one to many but the, with the rise of social media 
everybody became a content producer everybody was creating some or the other content and it was shared so it, the many the idea of many to many came into play in uh, 2010s the user consumption of the content and every single data point was stacked in a structured manner by these social media companies which is extremely important so previously it was done by uh, specific media companies for their own consumption and all of a sudden everybody is a content producer and uh, and the content there are content users as well so the the behavior pattern of content users and content uh, producers uh, is being is being stacked in a very very structured manner by these social media companies and the stacked data used for remarketing or the targeted ad campaigns which typically happens even today and by 2020 there was a rise of programmatic advertising so programmatic advertising typically took into uh, came into place somewhere in 2000 uh, 13 2014 globally and then uh, by 2020 uh, it was it was very very dominant in fact to be more precise today if i talk about you know, many of the large agencies at least 80% plus of regular media buys happens through programmatic advertising. There's no individual media buys happening in specific um, uh, you know, websites of specific apps for that matter. So it typically happens through some of the other channels of programmatic advertising. You know, that's how it has come. The content of the media publishers um, are important, but audience are most important. That, that, that became uh, uh, the relevant thing. So at one point of time, I'm Times of India, I produce the best of the content, I'm the king and advertiser has to come and advertise with me because I have the consumers with me. That thing has changed. Now, content is not that important. The audience who is consuming that content has become the most important thing. Um, and that content and where that consumer is consuming the content, the advertiser will target the ads over there. That's what the programmatic advertising has brought into the whole gamut of the things. In RTB, which is called real-time bidding. So real-time bidding is, is, is a mechanism which we deal with in our uh, few uh, later slides. It basically allows you to bid for a particular audience in real time. What does this mean? That I want to target my ad who in last one hour has bought something from, um, uh, from Zomato. So you can place the, you can show the ad to that person. That's called real-time meeting. It's no more weekly data or a yearly data or a monthly data. It's a real-time data, which programmatic advertising has brought into the fold. So what is data-driven marketing? Data-driven marketing is a strategy for, for using customer information. So you have tons of information, right? So for using that customer information for optimal and targeted media buying and creative messaging. It is one of the most transformational change in digital advertising that has ever occurred. Uh, next, so what exactly this mean? I will, I will explain it to you. Next slide. Uh, this is very important. This is an example. There's nothing written over here. So guys, uh, just to give you an example that uh, this, is, this is a typical Indian family. Let me talk about, you know, uh, there's a mom, there's a dad, there's one, uh, one girl kid, there's one boy kid, right? Uh, now, uh, let's talk about, let, I'm, I'll just go with the, their food habits. So uh, the mom wants to eat bread. Uh, the dad wants to eat um, uh, some rice. Uh, the girl in the family wants to eat noodles. And uh, the boy in the house wants to eat pizza. Okay. 
they all have four mobile phones. So mom has one mobile phone, the dad has one mobile phone, the girl has one mobile phone, and the kid has one mobile phone. Uh, now let's get into traditional media. There's one newspaper which comes into the family. There's one television channel which is there in the family. And there's one radio which runs in the family. If, uh, uh, if a guy, if anybody wants to advertise and wants to reach out to this audience through a newspaper or a television channel or a, uh, or a radio station, you know, they do not know that the mom wants to eat bread uh, the dad wants to eat rice or the noodles choice or the choice of pizza for that matter. You know, uh, so a pizza guy will advertise in newspaper and it will be attractive to that small boy, but it will be irrelevant for other three people in the family. Or let's say uh, a biryani guy, a biryani blues advertise in uh, television. Uh, it will be relevant to, uh, to the uh, to the dad in the family, but it will be absolutely irrelevant to other three people. That's how it used to happen. But in data-driven marketing, because uh, the because uh, let me tell you that uh, because the traditional media doesn't know that you what are their real-time choices, you know. But the uh, mobile phone basically knows that what is their real-time choices because mom must have searched about uh, 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 bread or dad must have searched about biryani or you know, there's a search of the noodle by the girl and the search of the pizza. So in real time, this information is passed on, this data is stacked. And in that case, a bread guy will typically target the mom in the family and will not target the other three members in the family. Same goes with the uh, biryani guy who will target the dad or uh, mainline China will target the girl in the family and Domino's will target only the boy in the family. You know, So there is absolutely no wastage and the conversion rate increases drastically because you are targeting the ad to the specific person at that point of time when that person is either searching or looking for. So based upon that, you can find out that there is some sort of interest about that particular product and the advertiser can reach out to the audience in real time for that product. And this could only happen because there is the availability of real time data in the systems, which allows the advertiser to directly target the uh, particular audience. Okay, so how this, this whole mechanism, I just told you that how I'll just tell you that you know, how this whole works. So there's a creative, there's media, there's data. So these are creatives, which are brand communication. There are different kinds of creatives. It can be in the form of text, it, text, it, it can be in the form of images, it can be in the form of videos for that matter. So there, it goes into, there is a digital asset management. So this is, just imagine that you know, this is a box where in this digital asset, asset management tool where all these creatives are sitting. Okay. Uh, which and then there's a creative cloud which which is uh, looking for the content looking for these digital assets uh, from various places and then there is a digital creative management platforms and then there is a dynamic optimization tools so these are basic tools which is happening on the creative side on the media side you have social media you have websites you have video sites you have anything for that matter right and then there is data, uh, which is which is which is again stacked at a uh, at a particular place, which can be marketing automation. There will be CRM data, and there will be DMPs, DMPs, data management platform. So how it is happening is that you know there is a brand communication which which is happening. Media is where the messages appears uh, to the consumer, which which may also. Dict uh, uh, 
dictate the creative requirement and then there's a data who uh, who will see the message and what do we know about the person as far as the characteristics and their past interaction is concerned this whole thing typically operates in three different verticals so there is a creative cloud creative uh, vertical there's a media vertical where the people will be shown and then there's a data vertical which is the most important because this all interacts with each other next slide akash which i will show you next slide that you know, what will be, how the, this interaction will happen so this is a data driven campaign typically uh, there is a tool called dsp what we call it which is uh, uh, which is display uh, so in uh, display side platform in display side platform is a tool from where you can set up the campaign what are the typical display side uh, platforms? I will just tell you, these are a few big names. There's a Google uh, uh, Display and Video 360. They, they call it DV360. There's Trade Desk. There's Bright Troll, which is from uh, Yahoo. There's Media Math. There is AppNexus. There, there are many other DSPs. Okay, so DSPs is basically a tool or uh, 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 an area from where you will set up your campaigns. Okay, so you will put the creative assets over there. You will you will put the, your 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 ask for targeting. Okay, I want to reach out to a woman between uh, eighteen to twenty four who lives in uh, uh, in Mumbai. In Mumbai, that person should be living in you know one two three four five pin codes. Uh, that that woman should be should have uh, been a graduate or that woman should have learned in an English medium school. And there's tons and tons of targeting parameters which is available over there. Remember one thing, the more you put the layers of targeting, the price of your bidding will increase uh, because the audience becomes lesser. The lesser number of targeting parameters you will put, the prices will be cheaper and it will reach to many number of people. Yeah, but it all depends upon what is the marketing objective. If you want to reach out to a really, really specific audience for, at a, for a really specific time, that's absolutely possible. Prices will be expensive, but you know, yes, your your message will reach out to the right audience at the right time. You know, it all depends upon what is your marketing objective. Your ads, now you have set up the ads, your ads will be displayed in the social media. But before that, what will happen is that the moment you have put set up the ad in a DSP, what it will do is that, you know, it will go to a DMP, you know, which is a, a display management platform. And in DMP, user data is stored. Okay. Uh, there are typical few brands in the DMP. There's uh, Lotomi, there's Salesforce, there's Verizon Media, Oracle, Media Math, Trade Desk, or DV360 also has their own DMPs. Here, your user data is stored. So, uh, what you have done, uh, how you have behaved on your mobile phone, which all sites you went, have you bought any? Every interaction which you do with your mobile phone is stored in DMP by whichever provider it is, right? So moment the advertiser has set up that ad uh, in DSP and it is saying that, you know, these are the parameters. If these parameters matches, then show my ad. It will go to a DMP and it will search that, you know, where are these parameters? Who are the audience who matches with these parameters? There will be these tens and thousands and hundreds of these people which matches. And the moment they show up in a social media or a website or a video, that ad will be displayed. This is as simple as that. So at one place, the DSP, which is display management platform where you set up your ads, it will go to DMP from DMP. It will search that audience because you have set up the parameters over there. Hence, it will search those audience from the uh, DMP. And then DMP will direct 
that audience, JMT will say that, you know, okay, this particular audience is available in Facebook at this point of time, hence show the ad over there. Or this particular audience is available in the XYZ website, then show the ad over there. Or this particular audience is watching this video in say CNN, show this ad over here. So what the parallel which I want to draw over here, that content is no more important. Now, suppose this 18 to 24 year old girl who is living in uh, Mumbai, who has studied, who, has, who is a graduate and who has studied in an English medium school, if this is the targeting, suppose this particular audience is watching a Hindi show or a regional show or a Tamil show or whatever it is, the ad will be shown over there. In previous, in previous mechanism, this ad wouldn't have reached out to her because the ad used to be targeted based on content. But in this case, the audience is important. And once you have tracked down that audience, where that audience is available, you know, you can show the ad over there. Whether it is social media, any website, any video, that doesn't matter. But ad will, ad will reach out to that particular audience. Hence, this whole mechanism, the data-driven marketing, when we say it's called audience buying, it's not no more called media buying for that matter. It's audience buying. Media becomes only a means of displaying the ad when that audience is coming. So if I'm the audience, and if ad is targeted to me, it will show up to me. If somebody else is the audience, the, there will be a different ad which will go to that person. So, okay. So this is a thing which you will keep hearing that, you know, first party data, second party data, there will be a lot of jargons around it. And, you know, uh, and uh, you may get confused. I'll briefly touch upon this, that, you know, what is the first party data? What is the second party data? And what is the third party data? The most important in the whole ecosystem is the first party data. First party data is your, your own personal data, which is your email ID, your mobile number, your uh, device ID, the type of device you are using, the type of internet connection you are using, the pro internet provider you are using. And on top of that, your behavioral data, which is basically that, you know, what you have done in past seven days, in past one year, uh, what I say, what I mean to say, what you have done, your all the activities which you have done, you booked the Uber, uh, that is recorded. You have uh, you have got a food delivery from Zomato, Swiggy. That is uh, recorded. You have bought something from uh, Mintra or Amazon. That is recorded. What you have brought? What is the type of stuff which you have bought? That is recorded. The type of searches you have done and read the research of something that is recorded. So that whole data is the first party data. And why it is first party data? Because it is connected. The uh, the the people know about your email ID and your mobile number and your devices. They precisely know that you is a person that person is doing this, this things and like this there's tons and tons of people data individual data is recorded that's called first party data first party data basically the owners of first party data are typically the people wherein you have registered your stuff for example you have a gmail id so uh, Google will collect all sorts of your data. You're, uh, you, are, you are using an Android phone and you're logged in with your Gmail ID on that phone. Google will, Google will track all your data and keep it at a particular place. You know, that's called first party data. I will come to third party data and then I will touch upon the first party data, uh, second party data. The third party data are publicly available data. 
So, for example, the weather department is forecasting the um, uh, temperatures and the uh, and the weather and stuff. That's the third party data. Or, for example, train timetables time are available in a public platform. That's a third party data. Or anything. Or um, or or a match is live matches going on and uh, there are scores over there. That's a third party data. So all that which is publicly available data, publicly available information is a third party data okay now what is second party data second party data is nothing different than first party data second party data is predominantly precisely like first party data it's just that you know uh, suppose i have the second party data i have registered i have a website wherein i have a registered users and i precisely know that you know what my users are doing now if i lend my data to a Google or a Facebook for using my data for their targeted advertising. So I become the second party data. So basically Google will tie up with me or Facebook will tie up with me or many of these DSPs, which I showed you will tie up with me uh, to use my data to show the targeted advertising uh, to uh, their audience, you know, against that they will pay me money. So second party data, because they do not have such large audience, they will basically tie up with the Google Facebook and they will do a data partnership and they will make money. Sorry, they will make money by sharing their own uh, own users data uh, with with the first party provider and they will make money. So these are the typical three types of data, first party data, second party data, and third party data. Third party data is publicly available data. First party data is the, your own data. And second party data is somebody else's own data, which you can use it for marketing. Okay, how the growth of programmatic ads um, happened over a period of time? Very briefly, uh, I, I will just touch upon this uh, quickly, that programmatic has proven its value to the industry. The organizations are dev uh, devoting more of their digital ad spends to it. In fact, according to a Zenith programmatic uh, media forecast forecasting report in 2019, which is Zenith is one of our agency, uh, programmatic, uh, share, uh, the share of programmatic is going to become 85% in America uh, by in this year. You know, that's how it is growing. The graph below, you can see that the kind of percentage it has grown from 2017 itself. 2017 was at 77%. Out of all digital advertising, the share of programmatic was 77% in 2017. And by 2021, it's projected that it will touch 86%. You know, so that's how important, that's how the importance of this whole uh, data-driven marketing or programmatic advertising, as we say, is becoming important. Second point, the U.S. accounts for the vast majority of the program. So uh, out of all the countries, U.S. is the biggest as far as uh, programmatic advertising is concerned. The spending is almost three times bigger than the second largest counterpart, which is China. Okay, so uh, that's that's how the difference it is, you know. And the third point, programmatic continues to expand its reach by devices. So today, 83% of the programmatic transactions are on mobile device, which is no brainer because mobile, the penetration of mobile is so much. And however, the most important point, which I want to highlight is that uh, the OTT service are shifting towards TVs. So people are watching now uh, the uh, large content or large format content on television, on smart television. So for example, me, for last four years, I do not have any cable uh, connection, no Tata Sky connection, nothing. You know, last four years, I'm watching all the content on uh, through, uh, through my Wi-Fi on my smart television. 
you know so uh, the ott content which i am watching that is getting targeted you know and that data is also very important and that that area is growing very very big so the non programmatic advertising in 2019 was uh, only 15% you know uh, but uh, you know if you say that programmatic advertising in 2020 is it's around 85 and a half percent you know that's how it is growing okay what are the devices how the growth of the devices has happened so at initially yes mobile takes the most important part which is 83.3% of programmatic advertising happens on the mobile device but uh, and 9.5% uh, uh, in in desktop let me tell you if this this is a global figure if we come to india you know i would say that you know 90% of programmatic advertising happens on mobile devices it's only 10% which happens between desktop and connected tv having said that this connected tv portion which is 7.2% at this point of time globally this is going to drastically increase you know if you see that programmatic on the sec second uh, graph that programmatic will represent a third of all television ad revenue by 2021 if you see the graph the video ad spends will grow drastically compared to mobile so mobile will reach a stagnance uh, a, a, a stagnance you know over a period of time but this television will go grow big time because more and more people are now watching the video content or the choice of their content on bigger uh, devices which is television and stuff hence programmatic television which is driven by video will grow drastically and what we saw on the first slide that you know television is growing at 6% and digital is going to go by 22% i think this will be a big contributor there will be a big shift of television advertiser which will be shifting to the uh, video advertising basically targeting the connected tv because they are getting they are trying to get that real time targeted uh, customers in a bigger screen in a bigger environment uh, what are the key key roles and functions of programmatic advertisers so we have talked about multiple so there are typically four structures four uh, verticals within the programmatic advertising or data driven advertising role there's a tech infrastructure function there's a partnership and contract function there's campaign planning and execution there's a strategy and direction what does this mean so tech infrastructures are basically uh, i don't know whether you uh, one of some of you guys are tech guys over here but the tech guys will basically work under so these are data science guys or algorithm creation guys or building the technology and data management guys so these are basically tech guys who will be responsible of doing this so data partnership they will be infusing the data they will be connecting the data you have a dsp and then second party data has to be brought in over here or tying up with the dmps and stuff all those tech infrastructure roles uh, are, exist within the programmatic eco ecosystem yeah uh, second is the partnership and contract. I think most of the marketing stroke sales or uh, media buying guys or agency guys will fall under this particular section, you know, which is partnership and contract, wherein people will be responsible for publisher, uh, publisher data, publisher relationships, uh, the publishers inventory, you know, uh, ownership of DMP. So they will have their own DMP contracts or they will have a third party DMP. They will have a tie up with the DMP. There's ownership of DSP people they will have their own dsp or there will be a dsp which they can white label for their agency or uh, th that's how and then there will be a training and education programs which will be done to the people at large that will be a responsibility of this partnership and contracts team which is a very very important function within this whole ecosystem because they are the people who are going to run it yeah 
the campaign planning and execution uh these are the operation people these are the people who basically runs the campaign they are the people when advertiser comes and advertiser gives them gives them the money whether within the advertising's own ecosystem or outside which is which is in the agency they are the people who will be optimizing the campaigns they are the people who will be doing the traffic management they will be the people who will be doing the audience planning for that you know what audience to be the ad has to be targeted and you know once the campaign is over or in real time they will be sharing the uh, campaign analysis and reporting to the client you know so that is a very very key role these are the people who are running the programmatic advertising on day in and day basis and they are checking it on a real time basis that how the ads are getting performed and then there are strategy and direction guys these are senior people who are doing the strategies who will decide the kpi frameworks frameworks who will be doing the campaign strategy and direction where the campaign will go how it will work what are the type of in programmatic you can do anything different kind of stuff in uh, programmatic so for example if it's a pullover company you know based on temperature in different uh, places they can show the ads so they can change the creatives there is a dynamic creative they can create so these strategy people will be basically creating the strategy sitting with the client and will be discussing and uh, defining that how what is the road or what is the approach you should take for this programmatic campaign so these are the four key pillars of the programmatic uh, uh, programmatic or data driven marketing uh, environment uh, where will people will operate tech infrastructure are the people who will be doing the tech stuff there's partnership or contracts these are the people who will be uh, managing the vendors or managing the external parties for that matter then there's campaign planning and execution team who will be actually sitting and optimizing the campaigns and then there's a state strategy and direction the senior people who will be doing the strategy direction ideas and stuff intellectual stuff they will be doing okay so we'll talk about programmatic talent and training so it's it's a complex we we have we have discussed it it's a little complex kind of a, uh, a media delivery system it's no more going and buying a newspaper or a television or a radio station or a, uh, or a uh, sports tournament and xyz is concerned it's changing every day you know as we say that you know, it's data driven marketing and we are talking about real time data over here so audience behaviors are changing as i said that you know five years back there was nobody who was booking uh, you know taxis through an app but now we are booking you know ten, uh, seven years back we were not uh, getting our food deliveries through an app through a mobile phone but now we are doing that so things have changed so it's a it's a very very complex and ever evolving uh, medium or ever evolving vertical and the, so there will be always an issue the brands or agencies and tech providers shares a concern and which is about talent that you know what's the kind of a talent because you know what happens that you know, despite despite the fact that there is uh, there's a prevalence of advertising and programmatic still requires specialized skills that traditional advertising talent often does not possess so you can you can understand with this but you know it will always have um, an edge over the people who understand so who deals with the programmatic advertising that talent will always be considered they will always have edge over their other people who were doing their traditional advertising and stuff you know hence many organizations are grappling with how to how to train existing employees on programmatic 
and then how to retain the very important point is that you know once that talent gets trained you know there are many takers for them right you know in fact in our agency let me tell you that we have so many uh, you know uh, people going out you know uh, every blue, uh, facebook has a training program called blueprint uh, certification and it's a very very tough program and it's a very tough uh, tough certification program uh, so uh, our our, uh, our junior teams our teams at large you know do those certifications and we have seen that you know people who are blueprint certified in facebook you know many of them you know uh, becomes a very very important or key people for uh, facebook to hire them you know and many of them has gone uh, over there and uh, being hired by facebook so retaining the talent also becomes a very very key element for the uh, clients or the agencies who are training these people so it has been seen that you know nearly 3 in 3 in the 4 brands or agencies or publishers agrees that finding quality talent in the programmatic landscape landscape or in a data driven marketing landscape is a challenge uh, for technology companies 88% agrees uh, with this with this idea and you know so brands feels that you know, 74% of the brands feel that you know yes there is a challenge uh, agency agencies feel 73% of the agencies feels their challenge and basically in tech and data company like i am talking about uh, dv360 by google or facebook or trade desk or latomi 88% of them feel that you know uh, this uh, talent is a, is a, is a big challenging area hence this whole subject is a very very lucrative if you guys are learning and you guys want to make a career out of it you know this whole data driven marketing stuff is going to remain over here for long and learning as much as possible as far as this area is concerned is only going to be extremely beneficial for you because there will be always it will be always in high demand and there will be different kind of people at different uh, situ at different levels who will be interested to uh, hire you at any given point of time so uh, we are hearing this um, whole data regulations gdpr heavily you know so yes it is going to have an impact you know uh, uh, previously this data was free flowing uh, everywhere uh, then uh, this whole gdpr thing europe came up with this gdpr which is Uh, global data uh, data regulation uh, data protection regulation um, uh, so what is gdpr to say that you know uh, oh you have hey google you have the audience data but without my permission you will not share this data with anybody for that matter you know so when you sign up with um, a gmail or when you sign up with a facebook you will see that you know there is a tons of tons of contract they sign they make you sign you got to tick mark so most of you most of us we just do agree on that so on that contract they have written it over there that you know, they will be using your personal data for doing the targeted ads and stuff is concerned you know now that's whole data regulation is becoming more more and more stringent there's a indian it laws again you know that also has uh, several areas of data protection and privacy uh, privacy uh, rules over there this is going to become tougher and tougher over a period of time hence date, the personal data or the individual data what we call it a first party data will not be freely available as it is available at this point of time you know as we go along the first party access to the first party data is only going to become tougher and tougher you know and in this environment nobody knows that you know how it is going to change uh, but uh, yeah uh, 
the only thing is that what i feel is that there will be number of users who has given or who has provided the access to the providers to use their personal data will become lesser uh, so if that become lesser the programmatic advertising is going to become costlier in that case so, but at this point of time you know uh, there's lots of data available uh, i have a little different view with india as a con uh, in in context of india in india there are uh, our data is available at every places and um, uh, in, on a lighter note i must tell you that you know we go and try to buy a pizza the, the kfc guy, uh, the pizza guys ask our mobile number and we freely give our mobile number you know so uh, you know we 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 go to a coffee shop and they say that you no know, sir we will give you a 20% off offer next time when you visit give your mobile number we give away our mobile number to the coffee shop you know these all numbers where we are sharing our numbers or we are giving away our data are the first party data uh, these are extremely important data uh, uh, this is so in india the first party the uh, there will be always an abundance of first party data because um, uh, the uh, uh, the idea of protecting our own data is not seeped into us you know as of now uh, we are extremely excited to get the 20% off on the next coffee which we buy and for that we give away our uh, mobile number to that uh, coffee shop but think about it that you know with by sharing that number that's a first party data how many number of people in the value chain will be making how much of money out of that you know and you will be bombarded with so many ads but you because you are an important audience for all of them uh expanding i think it's we are, we are almost at the last slide expanding the you know, programmatic uh, landscape yes it's a ever expanding medium so the digital ecosystem is constantly evolving and we uh, with new innovations and technological advancements with it uh, with it programmatic will continue to mature as well as well it will become very very inevitable in 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 uh, in going forward in few years from now uh, and it will create multiple opportunities and needs for brands agencies and most importantly for the talent who are going to manage the whole programmatic and data driven ecosystem thank you very much guys for listening it patiently so uh before like you know uh, we kind of end uh, the session uh, let's quickly uh, look at uh, certain questions i'm sure uh, uh, so it's already covered a few of them uh, while he was explaining so uh, uh, how is uh, data driven marketing uh, like so basically what is data driven marketing and how is it different from any other digital media by basically uh um typically as i said that you know 85% of the marketing which is happening in the digital medium is happening through a data driven marketing at this point of time and it's going to grow grow uh, and become bigger uh, having said that if you try to compare it with before so before it used to be very very individual as i touched upon uh, my reader days every website or every media owner will have their own set of data and uh, their own set of content and all marketing will be targeted to only that particular uh, website or only that particular app just to give you an example that there is readip.com which is in horizontal which talks about politics um, uh, politics bollywood sports everything and then there is a specialized site which is let's say 
say foodfood.com which only talks about food for that matter yeah you know so what will typically happen is that you know, if a marketer let's talk about nestle as a brand and maggi as a brand and maggi wants to advertise maggi will basically target in dd.com to the places where people are eating food and people are talking about uh, and in foodfood.com they will be talking about recipes and stuff what they can do out of maggi this used to be the fact before you know keeping in mind that you know probably since there are these type of content that the consumer of that content will be interested in maggi kind of a product or will be interested uh, this thing so all marketing uh, will be driven with that idea how it has changed now i am not interested whether it is readip.com or whether it is foodfood.com or whether it is bollywoodhangama.com or anything for that matter i know that akash is a person who wants to eat maggi you know in his um, uh, say breakfast every day and how i know because he he has been searching for different recipes of maggi or you know he has called for noodles uh, before this in multiple things right you know because of that i know so just beca- just because he wants to he he likes to eat it in the breakfast i will target i will buy akash that you know um he is a person he is 18 to 24 year old guy and he lives in the city and his age is this and you know he likes to eat maggi and because of his use habits and stuff target the ads to them now in the morning when akash gets up he opens up his phone and he goes to say um, just to give you an example he there's a match which happened a uh, euro cup which happened he wants to search that what is the score so it's a sports site nothing to do with the maggi for that matter when akash goes to the sports site the maggi ad will be shown to akash in that sports site you know it is nothing so previously this wouldn't have happened but now since i have known i know the audience behavior i will target uh, the audience at that particular uh, site yeah so uh, how has uh, pandemic uh, like you know uh, changed uh, the way uh, media business is uh, doing Uh, come back again there was the has pandemic change uh, change the way media business like you know i'm sure that media would have t- uh, like you know taken a drastic change uh, maybe rise or maybe fall so uh, how do you think uh, media businesses uh, they are doing right now so uh, pandemic has changed obviously the biggest impact which has happened uh, uh, in the media business uh, is uh, during the uh, because you know all media business are driven by advertiser uh, will not advertise just for the heck of advertising right you know that whole concept of brand building and stuff is gone now you know advertiser advertises because they want to sell their product if there are no buyers and if they know that you know their product is not selling they will not advertise you know very simple i will just give you an example out of my personal experience you know we are the you know, publicy is one of the largest digital advertiser uh, digital agency for the most of the uh, bfsi segment and our, uh, the bfsi segments spends had drastically reduced because you know it's a very very performance based advertising you know they advertise and they collect the leads and the call center is sitting in call center is sitting and calling the calling up the audience and selling the insurance policy or selling the stuff when their call center is not working why they will advertise why they, what they will do with the collecting the leads is concerned so like that it has impacted but having said that you know there is a lot of advertiser which was advertising previously on mainline tel- uh, mainline mediums be it print television or whatever so 
during the pandemic initial days newspaper was blocked and stuff is concerned in television there was no new shows which was uh, getting shot and stuff that point of time these advertisers shifted towards digital and there's a lot of otts and videos that gained into pro- prominence because on the other side because of pandemic what has happened is that consumption of digital medias basically otts or anything for that matter increased drastically you know so consumer had increased uh, the mainline media didn't have the uh, uh, sufficient content to support those advertisers so hence those advertisers typically shifted from the mainline media to here so hence you see on that uh, um, ey uh, fiki frames report that television has lost by 6% but uh, you know digital has gained by 13% or so so Uh, could you share your uh, favorite uh, data driven campaign and the impact that it generated uh, post the campaign like you know was launched and uh, ran for a uh, sort of so any brand or uh, any 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 favorite uh, uh, such campaign that if you can just uh, uh, you know uh, uh, not favorite campaign but very unique so i we have we have clients from gsk to nestle to visa to uh, you know uh, these are big brands big global brands so i will not talk about these brands because these are anyway evolved clients we keep them under the category of evolved clients you know okay. i'll tell you one very very thing you know a very very important uh, uh, you know lesson which i have just learned and uh, akash institute you know which just got acquired by byjuice but uh, let, let's not talk about yeah that's one of our clients akash institute is basically an offline uh, uh, company which operates on they have their classrooms and they coach people for iit jees and medical entrance and all that stuff right you know it's a coaching institute uh, big network big brand and they are one of our client they were extremely extremely driven as far as performance advertising is concerned because they will advertise and they want to work on a cost per acquisition model and the model which they used to use is uh, affiliates which works on a direct cost per acquisition model so you, they will say that you know i want the user i want a conversion for say uh, 2000 bucks so we will work out a campaign we will get the affiliates and we'll uh, give the campaign to them and uh, you know affiliates will work out 2000 bucks for them you know this is how it was running and then they will use little bit of um, uh, search and little bit of uh, facebook and you know and then they will calculate that you know, what is the conversion rate during this pandemic year or you know uh, the agency team went ahead and told them that you know why don't you use programmatic advertising which is data driven marketing they were extremely uh, particular because they want they want to be very very safe uh, i will spend 2000 bucks and i will acquire a customer that's how it is it's a very very transaction driven model programmatic is not a transaction driven model it's a biddable model the cost of acquisition may go up and may go down so uh, the the team suggested him suggested them something and um, they they thought of trying out a uh, trial campaign with i think 10 odd lakh of rupees or 15 odd lakh of rupees you know uh to your surprise that you know when the campaign started you know on the first week the cost cost of acquisition was something like 8000 bucks or so against their 2000 bucks which they were getting uh most of the clients in india will get panicked and will say that you know pause the campaign i i'm losing money yeah uh fortunately over here the client was um, uh, cajoled convinced and uh, educated and they didn't do, uh, pause the campaign the next week the result of the campaign was that you know it got down from 8000 rupees to 5000 rupees uh, 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 acquisition cost you know from third week 
the campaign started uh, started getting into around 2500 to 2300 uh, 2300 to 2500 cost per acquisition and by the time it was 4th week the campaign actually started producing. It was a four weeks campaign around 10, 10 to 12, 10 to 15 odd lakh of rupees they had allocated. In 10 to 15 odd lakh of rupees from 2000 rupees odd acquisition, the campaign actually on fourth week started getting acquired at 1800 rupees acquisition. You know, and this is completely clean, biddable media, targeted advertising, real-time targeting and everything. Wherein their affiliates were still doing it at 2000 rupees cost per acquisition. But programmatic has brought down their cost to by 200 rupees. And think about it that going forward, the more and more data is getting added because, you know, for here also the campaign data is getting added in the DSP. The prices are going to go further down, you know. So it will be more optimized. Uh, yes. uh, so, uh, uh, what are the different, uh, like, you know, uh, programmatic roles uh, that a digital marketer could evolve into? Yeah. So, typically, in, in any agency or client side, as I said, that you know, there are four verticals over there. But out of those four, four verticals, if majority of the people, I believe, are not the tech guys, because first one is a complete tech tech kind of a stuff, you know only person has to have an understanding over there, but you know, it's, it's a tech driven stuff. It's the people who will code and who will set up the stuff and all that stuff. But other three are very, very important. One is a simple partnership, uh, partnership stuff, which me, my team does it over here. We're in partnership with the vendors, partnership with the platform providers, partnership with the data providers, partnership with, the, you know, um, uh, with the uh, you know, video provider and publishers and stuff is concerned, you know, managing the contracts, getting the best deals out of them and stuff is concerned that is one role second one is the campaign executioners very very important role you know they are they are the, the arteries of they are the people when you know the blood flows you know in any campaign they are the people who sets up the campaign who executes the campaign who optimizes the campaign who finds out the report they are the people who are day in and day out they are in constant check that is very important report, uh, role and most importantly as you as you get experience in both these things things so then your strategy role becomes very important you know so strategy role would be uh, if somebody is starting a career right now i think they will get into a strategy programmatic strategy role after say seven years to ten years from now but you know initially these two parts are most important one part is the optimization part here people will be doing the campus other one is the publisher management so one part is basically dealing with the clients other part is dealing with the publisher or external vendors so I, I believe that I think this is the main reason maybe why is it why this is difficult uh, like you know uh, to find actually quality talent for programmatic buying do, sure. like, do you think this is uh, one of the reasons because the lack of experience or maybe uh, the minimum quantifiable experience that you need to have is over five years mm -hmm. or where you've managed uh, a high amount budget maybe and more clients right. So not really Akash so uh, basically when I say over five years I'm talking about the strategy role. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm talking about only on the strategy role, strategy or directional role, which is five years, seven years, 10 years, then they will get into that. But execution, they can start it from now. The only point is that, you know, in execution role, campaign execution role, the person has to be little bit experience they have to learn for some times because, you know, it's a dynamic medium. I will just give you an example for everybody, you know. And it's very, very important, you know, for everybody to learn whosoever wants to work on these dashboards, because these are dashboards your agency will provide, your client will provide. 
uh, a small kid joined us you know uh, from from some institute and they started started a campaign you know the campaign was for 200000 rupees and by by mistake that person made it 200000 dollars and akash flat and the person set up the campaign in the morning unfortunately that person didn't see that you know how the campaign is performing thinking that you know uh, it will and the next day was a saturday sunday and you know in 3 days 200000 dollars burnt out 200000 dollars burnt out you know and there was a big dispute uh, the client said that no i will not pay the money obviously it was our teams so the person has to be really uh, vigilant and with a little experience that you know they do not do this kind of mistakes uh, another another simple another, it's not related with money i'll just give you another example that you know when you set up the campaign you have a negate list over there so do not show my ads in porn sites do not show my ad uh, uh, do not show my uh, so we have a client which is alt balaji and uh, many of you know that alt balaji has a lot of content which is you know uh, which is a adult content not adult adult content but the thing is that it's definitely not for the kids definitely not including this content basically yeah yeah so uh, this is negative uh, uh, so the, uh, you when you set up the campaign in and you say ta- you're targeting youtube or you're targeting an audience you say that you do not show it um, uh, below 18 years okay the person has set up the campaign like that but the thing is that you know below below 18 years doesn't mean that you know it is not so if you go to say youtube kids Uh, it will not be shown to a person who is below 18 years but just imagine that you know if i go to youtube kids i will still be able to see that ad campaign right so instantly the client flagged it that you know why you are showing youtube got bashed that you know you are showing this um, this kind of ad in youtube kids and stuff and you know there was a lot of hangama so my point is that you know the person has to be extremely vigilant and extremely careful when they are into executing the campaign the part of the execution team when it comes to the partnership team i think it's a brilliant stuff they have to they uh, you know they have to get the right kind of partners the right kind of delivery partners who the execution team can use and optimize the campaign true 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 so i believe uh, all the young learners when they generally get into the paid or the performance marketing uh, part of it uh, they actually first start with the training process and i think the manager hands over them for certain amount of time once he's sure that the uh, relevant skill set is already there with the uh, candidate i think then gradually he has option of scaling up and going ahead right so no, absolutely awesome. absolutely so uh, uh, how uh, how will 5g uh, like you know impact the future of programmatic buying because with uh, like you know terms and conditions coming from apple uh, regarding privacy policy how do you think is that going to impact Yeah. So you know, the more the te- uh, the technology is going to advance, you know, the whole uh, digital ecosystem will grow, and digital ecosystem is anyway growing, you know, because you know, uh, is anyway growing, and out of the digital ecosystem, the biggest pie is going to get into the programmatic advertising because you know it's all about real time targeting and real time bidding and audience management. It's 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 audience buying. It's no more content buying. with 5g what will typically happen is that a very simple thing is happen uh, will happen it's going to be uh, faster technology better technology more consumption you know uh, most of, if you see just imagine akash that you know 5 years back uh, uh, were we using were we watching so much of video on mobile phone no our mobile phone didn't support that point of time you know 
Yeah, in fact, for that matter, all of us were not even equipped to adopt the online learning or maybe working online like this, right? But today I see everyone has adopted. Initially, when in the March 2020, when we were under lockdown, I saw students and parents like, no, we don't want to learn online. We've not paid for this. This is not cool, etc. Right. But now gradually we've uh, adopted this. Initially, we always had feature of WhatsApp video call, but we never used it. Absolutely. Now, with when we are stuck inside the four walls of the house, we ensured that we reach out to our loved ones using WhatsApp call, etc., and we made it through. Yeah. So true. So now parties are happening, farewells are happening virtually. You know, <laughs> in fact, you know, engagements are happening virtually. Absolutely. And stuff. Is concerned, you know, you so, name the event and it's happening uh, online. Yeah. True. So, so the, with the five G, the consumption will increase. The experience will become much more faster. The penetration will. Just imagine that you know, at this point of time, we have um, Facebook. If we take take two hundred seventy thousand, you know, active users in Facebook, right? Uh, sorry, two hundred seventy million active users in Facebook, right? We are a country of 1.38 billion people. We already have smartphone penetration of around you know 800, 900 million people. Think about Facebook kind of a company which is so vast. There is so much of space to expand. Think about it. So much yeah. they can expand. <laughs> so with the five Gs and stuff, you know, the more and more it is going to get deeper, and the connection is going to become faster. More number of users are getting added. The whole digital ecosystem will explode. Right? It will only expand. So this is a very interesting question. Uh, uh, so uh, any project that you were working on uh, that was supposed to be done in a traditional format, uh, but looking at the demographics, the brand, the product, etc., you chose to not do it uh, in the traditional format and you switched to digital and did that work? Any such example that you would like to share? Like, you know, I'm certain in the last seven years, you would have come across one. Okay? Like, so uh, if there is any example that you could share. Very, like very interesting question. Product. Very, very interesting question. So I will not name the brand over here. Uh, you know, I'll just ten, tell you that, you know, it's one of the mobile gadget, uh, mobile device uh, brand, which we handle, you know, uh, just when the pandemic started, when the lockdown started last year, I'm talking about, you know, somewhere in 22nd, 23rd of March, the lockdown started. Uh, quickly, me, my team, we got involved and we said that, you know, how, and we were seeing that, you know, there was no newspapers which are coming. There's no uh, television is just thrashing out the old content and stuff. And we saw an opportunity over there and we designed a model and um, internally we called it a sprint plan, you know. So we designed a model uh, wherein we say that, we said that, you know, how to bring these, at, so there were two, uh, two problems over there, Akash. One is that, you know, um, when television is not producing new content and uh, newspapers are not getting circulated, clients have the budget to advertise, but they are holding back the budget. If the clients holds back the budget, this is a loss for us, right, you know, you know as an agency. So we thought that, you know, and digital is growing on the other side. We created a plan and it was very, very interesting. We took, we took exactly the same media plan, which was their plan for a television as well as newspapers. So we took two plans. One is for the print, one is for the television, which was every detail was mentioned, Hindi speaking, you know, this demographic, that demographic, we took everything. And then we mapped it with the digital and we said that, you know, how we are going to provide this on digital, you know, and we mapped exactly if they have taken Amar Ojala, we have taken Amar Ojala over here. If they've taken Danik Baskar, we have taken Danik Baskar. If they want to concentrate on East, we said that, you know, okay, East where? ABP, 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 Bengali language, we take in Bengali language over here, you know. Uh, they said it's SEC audience, SEC uh, AB, 
वी सेट दैट यू नो एससी ए बी करके तो नहीं होता है ना डिजिटल में बट द थिंग इज दैट यू नो एससी ए बी विल बी एन आईफोन यूजर और एनी मोबाइल फोन व्हिच इज से 20000 रुपीस एंड मोर इज एन एससी ए बी ऑडियंस राइट सो वी टुक बिकॉज़ हियर वी आई कैन टारगेट दैट we took that and uh, there was one road block which came in between the mainline planners and us was this that you know their in print they take half page and full page and stuff uh, here how you will do this so i said that oh, okay we will concentrate on only two creators one is a 300 uh, by 2 uh, um, uh, 300 by 600 which is vertical big one which if you open it on mobile phone this will cover your whole screen and second will be a 300 by 250 which is a half a screen so we will only take Take only these two creatives and no other creatives. And there, in newspaper, you would have run it only for one day, and everybody knows that uh, the uh, the reading time of newspaper is twenty minutes. Here, I will run the same campaign targeted to the same audience, and uh, there the exposure level would have been twenty minutes. Here, I will run it at five five plus frequency. So in a month, he will see it five times, and I will also ensure that uh, in digital and in programmatic that I will only show uh, I will only charge the client if the ad is viewed for more than five seconds. You know. you won't believe that you know with this whole proposition this whole campaign which was a big campaign planned for a television and this thing you know we got the whole money over here and the value which we drove which the if the client would have got it for 100 uh, if the value of the client would have got 100 in television and in print here the client got the value for 250 so that way that much so we have brought in efficiency and the amount of money which we saved through this we reinvested the money in digital and the value in the same amount of money we gave a value of um, uh, 2.5 times of what they would have bought it over there that's it. so uh, uh, with this i'm going to take this uh, last question and again uh, this is uh, interesting uh, not from uh, programmatic but the discussion that we we've been doing about uh, content so uh, since you mentioned uh, that like you know content uh, is not always important but there are ways uh, audience perceives it right and they are very uh, specific and scattered across uh, the uh, different demographics that we have so uh, in such scenario uh, uh, how should a content creator or uh, how should we go about basically creating content should it be generic or should it be ma- made or designed in a way where uh like you know uh, it is scattered amongst uh, various uh, demographics etc so what 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 do you think uh, like you know should a content creator do in such scenarios so i'll ask the question who is creating the content if a vlogger is creating the content if is a travel vlogger is creating the content he should create the content what he is uh, best so it's very simple in digital media what you are best just do that you know so um, uh just to give you an example that uh Mm. we've seen this recently right a times of india wanted to do uh, mx player and stuff but they did did they did they, did they become a netflix did they become forget netflix did they become a hotstar also no na you know so everybody will have their own niche everybody knows that you know how to do it you know uh, my point is this that the content creator should understand that you know what is what they can do best you know what is the best content they can produce for uh, their users you know uh, 
all sorts of users are available in internet you know um my son only watches stuff which is on gaming and stuff is concerned and i do not even go into those sites ever because i'm not a gamer and stuff is concerned right you know so there is a huge disconnect we stay in the same house we have probably the similar kind of eating habits you know um we have similar language and everything but see two individuals and he's a, he's a 14 year old boy but there is so much of difference as far as content consumption is concerned the kind of content i watch it on netflix he doesn't watch it the kind of so a content there are always takers for content content the content creator can personally this is my uh, personal opinion that you know content creator should not change uh, the content basis that you know what is consumed more because if they try to ape somebody you know they will not it will not work out you know um, they should do whatever best whatever they can do best and you know i think that will rock and you know if that audience and that audience is available if that audience is available watching you know and uh, it will it will be they will they will make money yeah so uh, with this guys Uh, we come towards the uh, end of today's session uh, a very big thank you to you santosh it was a super amazing session and uh, i'm sure that everyone on the call has uh, made the most out of it on a saturday afternoon